you are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network one of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions we do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads but on a case-by-case basis if you're interested in that contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, $10, or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. I wish I could sing like Axl Rose, because I would just start this with an Axl Rose song. <clears throat> oh, wait, does Wright have this? Whoa, whoa, sweet child of mine. Let's just, not to put too fine a point on it, there's a lot of Guns N' Roses in this movie. And I'm it's fine great. with that. It's so good. I, I can rock out with an appetite for destruction like nobody's business. Not so much anything after that, but appetite for destruction? <laughs> yes. This soundtrack is like risky businessing across your apartment in your underwear, if I've ever heard one. <laughs> <laughs> that is totally it. If, at least with Immigrant Song and Ragnarok, this is like this times 10. So this is Thor Love and Thunder, which is the follow-up to Taika Waititi's previous Thor film, Thor Ragnarok, which definitely was the first film in the MCU that firmly had its tongue completely in its cheek, where it's like, look, we're here to have fun, right? You're here to have fun? You're here to have fun? Yeah. Well, let's fucking have some fun. <laughs> and I know Marvel fans who hate it. Because they're like, well, this is not taking the subject seriously. And I'm yeah. like, oh my god. It's a god. comic book! Oh my god, relax. It's okay for <laughs> I, is one it, Marvel film. serious enough for me. I'm going to need the MCU to redo Schindler's List. It's exactly. okay for mar- one fuck? Marvel film to be a wacky, goofy comedy. And the first two Thors are relatively dour. And then in the Avengers, he's this delightful, funny, wisecracking character. And I think they all went, well, what the hell were we trying to do that other thing for? Because <laughs> well, I don't think that, you know, the world was ready to give Chris Hemsworth, who's this tall, striking man and, you know, very attractive. There's who, something in your pants, right? Hold on. One, it's my, uh, <laughs> m- Major. Big fucking hammer. Himbo energy. Uh, Big himbo energy. Yeah. But like, he's so great and, f- and also hysterical. And Taika Waititi saw that in him and just, like expanded it even more so in Ragnarok and now everyone loves Thor because of Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. I think Thor and Taika Waititi are a perfect combination too because you have this very like masculine macho character who deals a lot in pride but also there's this like softer feeling side of him. Like again it's like 100% prime himbo territory and that soft masculinity is where Taika Waititi just Um, blossoms. uh, By the way this is neither here nor there just a plea. Come on put him in what we do in the shadows already okay? I want to see a recurring Chris Hemsworth now is a different oh, character. Oh, he should be in there as Thor! Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, yeah. Right? But this is, like I said, the sequel to that, very much so, when we see this is obviously after the last two Avengers films, when everything was sad. And <laughs> what happened in that? Well, I mean, almost everybody died, so... Wait, you know. what? You I, haven't, I haven't seen anything since Ragnarok. I was like, that's it, and that's the best one, and I don't you, need to see I'm stopping here. That. So Asgard is now on Earth. They've kind of said, well, let's build a new Asgard, where Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie is 
king of it because thor's like i'm not doing that job (laughs) and so she's running it in a way that's making it money and turning it into a tourist attraction with rides and stuff yep shaking hands and kissing babies or kissing babies and shaking doing old spice commercials yeah yeah exactly oh so good and thor is running around with the guardians of the galaxy still as we saw him at the end of the avengers movies he's out there like he basically just sits around till they go thor will you please come fight this battle with us and then he comes down and he grandstands and takes the applause and then he just <laughs> kicks the living shit out of whatever's in his way on his last one and here we finally get to see, i was wondering when they were we finally gets his giant flying goats <laughs> thing which they add to this which i love that they're the kind that scream which i can't even tell you how much i love that but he's notified we see a little thing in the beginning with the origin of christian bale's character gore the god butcher who is just so furious when he discovers his god doesn't care doesn't care about him you and me both buddy yeah and and it's like (laughs) fuck you shithead whatever and he basically this this magical item the necro sword chooses him and he kills his god and it's like fine i'm just gonna kill all the gods that's gonna be my new gig now because you let my daughter die so thor's like "Uh uh-oh there's shit going on i gotta go deal with it you guardians go off to your third movie which will happen eventually (laughs) (laughs) i really want him to be in the christmas special i know that like covid really messed up all the lines but maybe but i don't know i'm really hoping they haven't said much about it which is a guardian of the galaxy christmas special on disney plus but we know almost nothing about it yeah nothing very quiet about it thor's doing that heading out trying to figure out what's going on without along with korg who's still his sidekick they're running around together but meanwhile on earth Natalie Portman, yay, Natalie Portman's back, is much like she was in the comic books, dying of cancer. Stage four. She says, well, uh, maybe there's some other stages that we don't know about. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I I was trying to count. I was like, I think. No, I think that's the, that's the worst one. That's the bad one. <laughs> it B- is. But she, much like the j- wonderful Jason Aaron run of the comic books, feels Mjolnir, which is broken in a previous film by Loki and Thor's sister. It's calling to her and she goes and we see the pieces start to vibrate. And what well, shit, you've seen the trailers. Okay, she gets the power of Thor and Mjolnir. Yeah. And so it's a Thor and Thor team up. And I gotta tell you guys, which by the way, this is Danny. Oh, Hi. And this is right. Yes. And I'm Chris. Hi. Hi, (laughs) Chris. Nice. One of the things I was happiest about is that at first you're like, okay, so he's weirded out seeing like Jane as a Thor with his power, but it's not that there's another person with his power or that it's Jane. (laughs) It's that he's kind of jealous that his hammer is seeing anyone else. And there's this weird love triangle between or quadrangle. Quadrangle. He didn't, he was like, yes, Cap got my, Cap got Mjolnir. He was all about it when it was Cap. Right. I think Cap is like the exception. But now like Mjolnir has chosen her instead of him. And he's kind of. Because it is his ex. He's like, I thought we were on the same page about these things. But his (laughs) ex is jealous. He like sees he's talking it's like when about you let Mjolnir. The pet choose between the two of you. You yeah. both stand at the other side of the room. He sees like he's talking about Mjolnir with someone else, and you see the axe creep into the <laughs> scene behind them, like all jealous. Stormbreaker's jealousy for me was ju- like so good. I mean, leave it to Taika Watiti to allow me to emotionally bond with an inanimate object. Yeah, yeah. To, to give character to a hammer and an axe. I was like, thank you, Taika Watiti. I mean, to be fair, it's far from ina- inanimate. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, right. it animates. It does it does in fact animate. To be fair. If you 
are not one of the weirdos that didn't like Ragnarok. Seriously, what is wrong with you? Reconsider your life. Uh, <laughs> do you <laughs> hate fun? <laughs> do, you, do you love Ragnarok? Then I guarantee you're going to love this too, even though I don't think this feels like just a, oh, copy stamp the style from Ragnarok onto another movie. No. It definitely feels like he's doing something else here. Like, it's a little faster. Mm-hmm. It's a little more snappy. Which sometimes works, sometimes it doesn't, but even even so, there's no point where you're like, oh, that didn't work totally. It's definitely more absurd and bizarre and surreal. I mean, this is the strangest of all the Marvel films. I think we were talking about this afterwards, is that, like, if anything, the first thing that came to my mind is, like, it's a brisk, like, two hours or so. It's not mm-hmm. it's not it one longer one. Really it moves really quickly. I was quickly. surprised when it was over. Yeah, yeah. and I, I kind of wish, like, I could have taken another, like, 30 or so minutes of this shit. Yeah, yeah? And, and if it was 30 or so minutes of gore. That's maybe the biggest complaint about all of this, is that, like, Christian Bale is so good as gore he's one of now officially on my list of one of the most effective scary and inventive marvel villains oh yes uh, it definitely in the yeah. mcu yeah right and i were talking about this outside after the vision but they do this really great job of sort of implying that like gore the god butcher who kills gods has himself become the god of hopelessness mm-hmm. and it's such a really great thing because it's so subtle but I mean, he just really personifies that identity. Yeah, no, and his performance is terrific. He's clearly relishing this part, and he's just overwhelmed with the pain of his very existence, and yet at the same time, he has this weird morbid sense of humor. He's like- Again, deep relate. He's like (laughs) abducted all the Asgardian children, and he's just- fucking with them. <laughs> well, because he wants to explain that, like, what you guys believe in is horseshit, yeah. and this is not the way, and what I believe is actually the way is that, like, we don't need gods at all, because they don't believe in us. They don't even care about us. Mm-hmm. One, they might not even know we exist. Yeah. And it's a really interesting take for a film to do this and to show a character like this because there are points like I, I, I agree with that well, wait wait for the wave of people going like you know Gore was right memes and stuff <laughs> oh hashtag that's Gore a Quentin was right. yeah. that's a Quentin Choir t-shirt like yeah. waiting to happen <laughs> completely um, yeah and, and they do such a good job that that 30 minutes I would have liked to have seen them elaborate on the dichotomy of these gods are really horrible and I'm killing these gods for the betterment of people but also I am becoming in a way a god and messing with people's fates by destroying these gods and throwing their their universes out of balance. Mm-hmm. Um, I really would have liked to have seen that explored more instead of just hinted at, which it was hinted at very effectively. Yeah, but I, just more. I, I liked though the the idea because you know there are you we know that Russell Crowe is in this, and <laughs> there's lots of surprising little guest appearances. There, in there. there are, uh, and, not, and not by other major superheroes that we've already seen. Oh, either. just like fantastic yeah. cameos. Yeah. That, it was like, wait, what? The idea. Of, of all the other gods that are arrogant, I thought was really an interesting idea mm-hmm. of just the, like, even posing to Thor is like, does Gore have the right idea? Or like, is he on to something about this? Like, that's a really interesting idea that and to connect the hero, the protagonist, and the antagonist yeah. together with this this same idea of like, okay, well, there has to be something better than this like hopelessness that you're talking about. I mean, about. that even connects yeah. to what they just did in Moon Knight with sort of these arrogant, self-involved gods yes. who are manipulating yes. and using It turns humanity. out gods are actually garbage. Yeah. I mean, Thor, <laughs> as they say very clearly in this movie, only changed from the narcissistic person he was. He's still pretty narcissistic, but just in a nicer way now. 
Because of Jane Foster uh-huh. saying, like, yeah. the only reason, like, if you have this power, the only way you're ever going to find real joy is by helping others. Yeah. That's absolutely true. If only more people with lots and lots of power would come to realize that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and it's interesting, too, when you talk about, like, the greater scope of gods and the MCU, because, like, Zeus even says to some degree, he says, like, they don't look to the sky for gods anymore. They look for their superheroes. And there is definitely this parallel that's really being explored in other parts of the MCU. You, I'm thinking like specifically like Miss Marvel and things like that, mm-hmm. where you see that like, yes, Christian Bale has this beef with the gods, and that's fair. But the superheroes are also in their own way becoming modern gods. Mm-hmm. And so like, the idea of what is godhood in the what is gar- godhood in the Marvel universe, it's basically just a big <laughs> laser sword pew pew measuring contest. Right, right. I mean, like, <laughs> is the origin of the Greek and Roman and whatever Norse gods? Is that like somewhere deep in the mist? the time was it not that different from what's been what's going on on earth right now right you know like oh this is the birth of earth's gods now you're going in neil gaiman territory well i mean come on oh. who doesn't want to go into neil gaiman territory <laughs> hold on let me put my feet up y'all i gotta get comfy because <laughs> we gonna be here all night <laughs> what is time well for that you have to ask chronos the kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as you said, though, Russell Crowe, well advertised already, is playing Zeus in here. So good. And he is not at all, I guarantee, playing the character the way you think he's going to play. I'm I mean, sorry. it depends on how cynical you are, I guess. I, were you guys, this is not a spoiler, but I was honestly waiting for him to say something like, are you guys not entertained? Uh, yeah. I was a little expecting that, but he doesn't say it, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I think he actually, I think they actually nailed Zeus, but yeah. I read, I read Greek mythology with a lot of cynicism. <laughs> I would have liked to see if he was just like stroking a swan the whole time, yeah. kind of sexually. That would have been. <laughs> hey, there's cool. there's still things that he does. It's like that's so Taika Waititi, like yeah. really fun. The way that I love how Taika Waititi directs people is mainly with the blocking and obviously the framing of shots. Like it's so well shot to where it's mm-hmm. ready for any kind of like physical and verbal comedy. Mm-hmm. And the, there's even things like with minor characters, like Russell Crowe's character with Zeus. Like, there's little things that he does. It's like, that is hysterical. Like, he does this, like, pivot, like, swish oh thing. God. And he walks, <laughs> just skirt. Russell Crowe Crow <laughs> walking downstairs <laughs> is one of the funniest things you'll see all year. <laughs> It's ridiculous. And just you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, watch it. And you're like, oh, that was really funny. Oh, and they do, in fact, return to the previous character, the actors playing the roles of Asgardians. Oh, yeah. With Matt Damon, Sam Neill, and Luke Hemsworth. But then Melissa McCarthy joins in as well. Yes. I know you're like, eh, Melissa McCarthy. But no, she is great in the way roles they chose for her. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, this is terrific. Bless her. Oh, yeah. You know, and obviously, like I said, the Guardians of the Galaxy are in here. Outside of Chris Pratt, they're not really given much to do. Pratt is one of the only ones who really has any lines. But they're there for the first 10 minutes or so of the film. That's kind of yeah. what I expected, though. Like, that ma- that made sense to me. There's so many aspects of this movie that I felt like moved really quickly, just like the Guardians of the Galaxy. And on the whole, I feel like they touched on everything, but it did feel like a speed run through yeah. the story. Oh, yeah. totally. There are moments in Ragnarok where they did like kind of let scenes breathe a little bit because I think it might have been kind of such a, a shock to the system for normal fans of the MCU to watch this film and uh, Ragnarok and you're like, whoa, this is this is very silly and funny. Like, what's what's going on here? Where's the all the pensive like dialogue? Especially after just, like, Multiverse of Madness, yeah. after the Eternals. Like, we've well, had a lot of long pondering. And 
watching this, it's like, I, they just wanted to rush through. And I, I was kind of hoping for some of those scenes where they like, again, in Ragnarok, where Thor and Hulk are just like sitting down talking for a mm-hmm. moment. You're like, well, okay. I think part of the reason for that is because they were aware that in the third act, there's a lot of much heavier shit going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where it gets kind of philosophical and it gets kind of dark. And those are the scenes that need to take their time. And they do. But that whole first act is like, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this. And it's very funny, but I still kept going, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm still laughing the last joke. I missed the the next one because yeah. y'all are rushing through this so fast. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I didn't have enough time to let jokes land. I also feel like there was some setup for Tessa Thompson to like follow through on finding someone to help her to partner with her and help her lead Asgard, uh, yeah. become her queen. And they didn't really follow up on that. It which genuinely felt like there you know, was a subplot missing. Yeah, it, yeah. it did. Uh, Valkyrie mm. Sif forever. Uh, I want to say that <laughs> back to Bale and his God, Gore the God Butcher, his power set is really neat that he controls shadows and mm-hmm. he just sort of like the sword, he like puts it in the ground and he calls up these horrible Lovecraftian shadow mm-hmm. creatures that oh, can God. come in and out. He himself can like sort of instantly just disappear into shadow, which and is essentially right behind you. teleporting. Yeah. He is genuinely creepy as fuck and makes it even creepier when, you know, eventually they have to fight on his ground and the whole movie turns black and white. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, this is so neat. And there was so, okay, so there's this point where they like kind of zoom out and you see the whole sort of planet being enveloped in these shadow monsters. And I'm dying to know what the actual tech they use to accomplish it because it has this very practical effects feel mm-hmm. that feels like something from a scene that you would watch in a sci-fi vampire show on like cable TV in the 30s. Like, yeah. Yeah. and I, I doubt that was, there's no way that's accidental. You have way too many film geeks working on this film for that to be an accident. And I do like that they, once they're like actually start using their powers, there's just little sparks of color around. Yeah. Their yeah. And they use, like, they use it almost like a torches, like yeah. Lanier yes. and Stormbreaker. Yes. And like, you can actually see color on their faces, but like behind Reflected them. Reflected st- the way torchlight would yeah. be. Yeah. And like behind them is still black and white. I was like, God, that's so well done and really a cool idea. I that's- would say that I would recommend it if you can go see the movie in IMAX to see it for that, because I think us seeing it in IMAX, that was like the best oh, part. Yeah. Uh, hands down. I mean, there's so much visually impressive here and different and new, but that whole sequence was like, we've never seen anything like this before in the MCU, much less almost anywhere else, really. I'm like, this is why TD going, I want to push some boundaries and see what we're capable of doing now that I've got a pretty much endless paycheck to do whatever I want. And in Ragnarok, (laughs) Ragnarok was so rich and colorful and I mean, they really like worked the Bifrost angle. I mean, there's so much about the Thor universe that is rich and colorful and they really leaned into that for Ragnarok. And so to see them go full grayscale for this movie and for it still to have that same visual yeah. impact is very mm-hmm. impressive. I will give props. And, uh, full props to Portman, who is really pulling off the whole, oh, like, man. you know, Foster's like refuses to believe that she's even going to die from this. But, you know, as it was in the comics, every time she uses the hammer and she becomes Jane Foster again after, she realizes, oh, the hammer is keeping the chemo from working. So she's getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And watching her go through this with a lot of emotional stuff going on between her and Thor that's complex. And then, of course, the wonderful performances by Mjolnir and Storm. 
Stormbreaker, <laughs> both of which are, you know, Oscars, trapped in this love Oscars triangle. Best supporting everyone. actor noms, I yeah. think, are coming their way. <laughs> but let's go to final thoughts. Uh, Danny, why don't you get us started? I really enjoyed this. Again, I felt like it was a little rushed, but I think in the context of other criticisms that MCU movies have had in the fourth phase, the, the time cut on that might have been a little reactionary. Um, so it's really fast, but it's a lot of fun. It's nice to go to see a Marvel movie and have a really just knockdown, drag out fun experience. And I'm glad that that's back. I'm here for it. I love Jane Foster Thor. I think I will have a better feel for this movie or love it more when it comes out and I get to see the deleted scenes because I'm hoping for more gore. I'm hoping for more Valkyrie, which are the two points I think in the movie that got cut a little short. Overall, I would give this movie eight out of 10 orgies you are not invited to. (laughs) (laughs) I've only ever been invited to one orgy and I went, uh, no, thank you. (laughs) What's that stench? It's no, a good time. I said, I saw it at those HBO undercover episodes. It's always like 80 really disgusting and two old people and one couple that obviously go to the gym way more than they should. <laughs> Y'all are going to the wrong orgies, my friend. <laughs> well, HBO is anyway. <laughs> you go to those Showtime orgies. <laughs> Right? What about you? I had a wonderful time. This is this is just wonderful. It's one of the few movies that have the subtitle Love and Thunder that really live up to that name. Mm-hmm. And like even the way that they land that and I could have had more love. <laughs> but I I thought they did. Uh like just a lot of the messages that they have throughout the film, I thought it was so well written and really fun characters. I would have killed a god to see more Christian Bale in this film because he is relishing being a villain again because he's been batman for so long and and all these like hero characters and to see him as a villain again like there's that patrick bateman i know yes. and love. Yeah, i was like he's like if the guy from apex twin was playing patrick bateman well yeah. he said that he was saying that he uh was wanting to do some like apex twins shit right uh and like they did some like kind of crazy scream and they had to cut it because it was like it's way too intense like yeah. i want to see that anytime he's on screen it's like i love he's everything He's captivating. He's so good. And that's what's wild to me about that whole setup, too, is that, like, we've had a lot of villains come out of movies lately where we're like, oh, he's barely recognizable. And, like, Christian Bale is recognizable in this character, and he is recognizable as completely losing himself. And Mm -hmm. I think that makes it ten times more powerful than just letting the weight of the prosthetics he's wearing. All he's doing, he just shaved his head and he, like, put some, like, makeup and shit on him. Yeah, Yeah. and, like, that's about it. And that stuff's effective, but his face is doing... Yeah, like a hundred times more work, just, and the makeup is great. The, so that the, says a the, lot. Again, just to the call back to the scene where it goes uh, grayscale and him like talking to everyone, the way that he is, like uh, to Tessa Thompson, Natalie Portman, and Thor, and just like all the shit that he's saying to them, like God, that's so fucking intense and and just like sinister. Yeah, but you understand where he's coming from. It reminded me of like the serious enactment of the shame monster from uh, right. <laughs> from Big Mouth. Yes, <laughs> like it's, this is a very serious iteration of that, but with. Hair. <laughs> so I really did love all of this. This was so much fun. And like, and the music was again, 10 times greater. I can't wait to own this uh, record on vinyl. Yeah. It's just called Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, except for a little Enya at the very beginning. That's true. That's true. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I was like two notes into that Enya and was like, I have worked at way too many bars at <laughs> oh, yeah. closing time to not know the first two bars oh, yeah. of Enya. <laughs> but, uh, and this is just showing more and more that Chris Hem- Hemsworth is a treasure. He is so good 
great as this character and really developing this more and more. I was like, oh, he's the new Hugh Jackman. He understands this character so well Thank now. Thank God he's like, every interview he's always like, oh, I'll play it till they tell me I have to stop. Yeah. He loves playing Thor. It's, he's wouldn't? having a blast. Yeah. He's having a blast. So as he is having a blast and it's one of those films that you see the actors having a blast in this. I had a blast. I'm going to give this nine out of ten times. I would much rather feel shitty with someone than being alone. Aww. Yeah, this is easily, hands down, the best of the Phase 4 Marvel films. I mean, like, really, hands down. And it's in my top ten of Marvel films altogether at this point. I'm like, yeah, this is right up there. I... I'll have to see it a few more times, which I decidedly will, <laughs> before I decide know what its actual ranking is. But yeah, it's because I forgot about the Marvel films where you just like are just delighted all the way through. You just you can look at yourself and you've just got this almost painful grin on your face the oh, yeah. whole time because it just keeps doing delightful, fun things. It knows how to mm-hmm. have fun, but it also has heart that works. Unlike Ragnarok, this one has genuinely scary stuff and a villain that is super intimidating. Like all that stuff is great. My only real complaints is like, like we all agreed that felt like the first act and certain other parts did feel like they were really like, come on, come on, we got to get this done. And I'm not going to say anything specific other than using a magical wish device as a major plot thing is always kind of weak sauce storytelling for me. Like, okay, you could have found something better than that as a plot element. But, you know, it still works. It still works because of the emotional content going on around. Yeah, Yeah. I think it works. I think it works when you when you think about gore as that hopelessness. Yeah. of hopelessness. Then it kind of makes sense. But it is sort of Marvel's jam to be like magic, magic emotion (laughs) saves the day. But yeah, there's I. I'm going to have to go frame for it by frame through the, the hall of the gods scene to see all the gods that are in there and see if I can identify any of oh them. But, uh, you know, I'll just exactly here by saying <laughs> I'm going to give this nine out of 10 actors from a certain Apple TV show that you all love <gasps> that you will be excited to see. Oh, that's <laughs> so right. Yeah. Excited. I'm so I'm excited. So excited. Can't say any more than that. Can't say any more than that. But I'll just, I'll give you a hint. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, please don't say that to me right now. 